0: Love Talk Radio PSA Hip Hop, man It's your boy Three Letter Man And Watts, man We finally here For the 1990s list That everyone's been asking about Watts, what's poppin', my brother? What's poppin', brother? How you? You know the vibes, man Brother, we here, man We did a 1980s list And it's only sitting for months People have been asking Three Watts. Where's the nineties list at? It's the pandemic. You should you guys are home now. You should be dropping this. Yes, but let me give you sidebars also on this list, people. This is top fifty list from Three on Watts in our opinion. So there's gonna be albums in here that we have to respect. There's gonna be al- albums that meant a lot to Watts and Soul and my soul and a mixture of people that you know. We're gonna go out of this man. Watch I set it off. You set it up, brother. At number fifty, but fifty to one top fifty list say motherfucking hip-hop. Watch.
1: Set it off, brother. I'm going to set it off from the Boogie Down Bronx, a group that <clears throat> really impacted me. Uh, they had a hit single, and they had an album okay. called Uptown Saturday Night, and the name of the group mm. was Camp Low. Camp Low is nice. number 50 on my list. All
0: right. My brother, number 50 for me, I'm going straight to the Dirty South. Listen, South Brothers, before Little Flip, Mike Jones, and the rest of these cats, I can't say I was very, very familiar with these brothers, but I will say this, watch. Even though I was in tune, in tune, like I I was supposed to be, in the era of the dominance of New York hip-hop and the West Coast also, there was UGK. They had um, three albums in the 90s. I want to salute them from 92, 94, and 1996, brother. Number 50, I got UGK, RIP, Pepsi. All right. Uh,
1: So for number 49, I'm going to stay in the Boogie Down Bronx, early 90s, a very, very important influential duo to me that meant a lot to me, Showbiz and AG,
0: Mm.
1: part of DITC, album Runaway Mm. Slave, they had an EP, they had Fat Joe, Big L on there, so Showbiz and AG, number 49 for me.
0: Number 49 for me, I'm going to the West Coast Watts. I'm going to the Dog Pound, 1995. Yes, they dropped one album, but they were under the tutelage of Snoop Dogg. They were also on The Chronic. Shout out to Corrupt. Even though you West Coast brothers want to just clean everything from Corrupt, truth be told, he is born in Philadelphia. Daz Dillinger, who my brother Watson wants to come outside and battle Havoc on a beat battle. So I got Dog Pound at forty nine, brother.
1: So for number 48 for me, I'm going back yes, to sir. the early 90s. Uh, a pro black group, very, very pro black. Uh, X Clan, mm-hmm. led by lyricist Supreme, who I think might be the most pro black conscious MC of all time, Brother Jay So X Clan, my number 48.
0: Number 48, I'm staying in the West Coast. NWA Negroes for Life, 1991, they dropped the Niggas for Life album. And yes, Crooked Eye. I know you like to remind me that the EP of The 100 Miles and Running was out there. And I want to say sidebar. Shout out to MC Ren because when Cube left NWA, he really was the MVP of the NWA 1991 Niggas for Life album. So I got NWA at 48, sir.
1: I'm going to stay in the West Coast. This is a West Coast group that was sound to Loud Records. I bought huh. every album they had in, on Loud Records. Okay. I believe they dropped four Mike albums,
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: would be uh, The Alcoholics, E-Swift, mm-hmm. Tash, and j Row. a group that you know much
0: all, up, a lot to me. Mm. Number 47 Watts, um, going to Brooklyn, a tag team duo that you're going to appreciate this very much. Even though one of them, they dropped an uh, album together as a group, and one dropped a solo project, but I'm mixing them together, Watts. Well, Most and Talib Kwali. We all know about the infamous um, album they had together, Black Star album. And in 1998, I felt one of the best albums of that year in '98, and me and Watson spoke about this on '98 Hip Hop Appreciation, was Black on Both Sides by Most Steph, man. So I got 47, Most Steph and Talib Kwali. So at
1: 46. I'm staying in the early 90s. This is mm-hmm. one of the greatest groups in hip-hop history. They got mm-hmm. high accolades for us in our 80s list. I'm going Go with Chuck D and Flavor Flav. Uh, they dropped two of the most important albums to begin the decade in 90 and sucks. 91. And it was very influential in my life. Uh of Black Planet and uh, Apocalypse mm-hmm. 91. So it was a uh, public enemy for me.
0: I'm doing this at 46. Watson would tell y'all this. This is one of my, you know, contrary to people's belief, I love whole very much. Shout out to Nas, shout out to Ghostface, a lot of brothers that came out that year. Watson knows that my number 46 would not throw him off, maybe throw some of you listeners off, not him off. Even though this individual had one album this year, Watts, he meant a lot to me for the um for a two-year span. He was one of my favorite rappers. I got Smooth the Hustle at 46 in 1996, once Upon a Time in America, which I deem as a four and a half mic album.
1: All right. Uh, so for number 45, uh, I'm going to go with a female. Mm. She was very influential to me in terms of how young she was and that she was spitting with the greatest rappers of all time, in my opinion. It is Fox Boogie Brown. Mm. Foxy Brown. She dropped one album in 1996, and she dropped another album in 1999. She yeah. had a big run for me, so I'm going Foxy Brown.
0: Okay, uh, 45 watts. I'm going with the Brand Nubians uh, for One for All in 1990, 1993, and God We Trust. 94 Everything Is Everything. 98 The Foundation when they all linked up. Got to shout out Brent Grand Puba also in 95 with the Real to Real. Hey, they dropped. Um, that's hot. I thought Real it was a four mic album, so I got forty five with Brand Nubians. All right,
1: I'm mm-hmm. gonna take it to the Midwest. Um, this mm-hmm. is a group that constantly, constantly played on BET, BET, mm-hmm. Rap City Countdown. I they just okay. I felt like they were in my living room every weekend. It is Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bone, mm-hmm. bone, bone, bone,
0: bone. Meet me, me
1: what
0: the at the Where we at? We're 44 now, right? Yes, 44. Pardon, sir. Pardon, sir. Right, right, right. 44. All right, 44 watts. You said you got bone at 44. Yes. Okay. I asked J. With the damage at 44, man. Um, 1994, the sun rises in the east. Some of us deem that as a classic. Me and Watson was getting litzy off. Primo, playing come clean yesterday. Even though Primo, you did not play dirty Wild scoundrels. That's neither here nor there. Um, J Rule, listen, man. The last two albums that you dropped, I was very disappointed. I ran to the store to cop "Rap the Math," but I got J Roo the damage at forty-four.
1: I'm going to go to the south. When I was living in the south um, and was heavy into my Wu Tang era. My southern okay. brothers were like, we're going to put you on to these, this duo from Atlanta, and that duo became arguably one of the greatest duos of all time, and that duo is Big Boy and Andre 3000 Outkast. Okay. Uh,
0: 43 Watts. I'm going to Queens. Uh, one brother hails from Queensbridge. The other one's from Left Rack City. I'm going Capone and Noriega, 1997 the War Reports. Um, we all know, and also Watson loves to remind me that tragedy. Not only Nori held that down, album down, was also a tragedy. We also have 1998 with N-O-R-E album for Nori, the birth of Pharrell, so to speak. And 1999, I know nobody to goes too crazy about this album, um, but we all went and bought it because of the second album. The anticipation for it uh, was Melvin Flint. So I got Capone and Nori, got 43 watts.
1: 42 for me is a group that was that I was in love with. They are from Southside, Jamaica, Queens. I mm. thought they had one of the greatest hype men of all time. I thought they mm-hmm. had one of the greatest movements. They made the great party music. I am talking about Lex, Coop, Beamer, and the Bens. I am before Lloyd Banks, the Beamer, mm-hmm. Benz, and Bentley. I am talking about the Lost Boys and Mr. Cheeks, very influential for the mid-'90s. That mid-90s, one of 95 to 97, very, very impactful, influential to me.
0: Okay. Uh, no 42, sir. I'm going to the BX. Um, yes, this individual had one album, and he also featured on a group um, effort album that when it came together. I got big punt at 42. Of course, Capital Punishment and the Terror Squad album that dropped that year. I got big punt. Even though he had one solo album, it meant everything to me. And again, I got to say, RZA, why did you not play chess last night? That's neither to handle there, brother. But I got big pun at 42.
1: 41, I have someone that DJ Premier played last night in the battle. He played the real hip-hop by Das Effects In the mm. early 90s, Das Effects was the most imitated rap group maybe in hip-hop history. To you Facts. guys on the West Coast who want to who wanna question me, uh, remember, <laughs> das, remember Ice Cube had that song? Uh, wreck, wreck yourself before you check yourself. Yeah, Facts. so that, Love that, that song. is how impactful Das Effects was. They absolutely dominated the hip hop, and that and that had a strong impact on me. So Das Effects, number
0: forty-one. Okay, forty-one for me. Watts um, is a group that you just spoke about earlier. Um, going to the Midwest, I got Bone, 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 Bone Thugs and Harmony. One, two, count them, three albums in the nineties. Part himself. Also on top of that, in the era of the dominance of East Coast, West Coast, we had a Midwest Brothers, R.I.P. Easy E, because Easy E was the person that actually brought us Bone Thugs of Harmony, man. And a lot of people know me and Watson do a lot of hip hop appreciations. That we that's what we known for. And a lot of you guys I know this, y'all show bone a lot of love, man. So I got bone at forty one, Watson. I am going to Yonkers, Y-O.
1: Yonkers has a trio of brothers who Damn, started in the 90s, but they really put all their best music out in the 2000s. So people shouldn't freak out why they, you think they're low That's on this crazy. list, but this is just, they put out only one album and they will tell mm-hmm. you, it wasn't their favorite album, but it's the lock. <laughs> uh, I don't think I need to go into detail about why I have the locks in the 90s. But like I said, mm-hmm. They really, really put out the majority of the best material in the 2000s. So, the locks.
0: My guy, on everything I love, I got the locks at number 40 also. That's crazy. And yeah, me and Watson really spoke about we have a numbers there. I think that's crazy. I have the locks at 40, 1998, Money, Power, Respect. Before that, me and Watson was definitely rocking out to the LOX Mixtape game. Well, well, well. Uh, so, yeah, I got the locks, LOX, living It Off Experience y o yo, at 40? That's crazy.
1: Uh, At 39, this group dropped two albums, but they dropped in 1993, one of my favorite albums of all time, of all time. They mm. won the Grammy. They beat Snoop Dogg for Best mm. Rap Album of 1993 in the Grammys. So, yes, mm. this really happened in 1993. <laughs> it is a group that is cool like that. Butterfly, Mecca, Ladybug, Bluebug. Curveball. So this
0: is Diggable Planets, the group that Mm -hmm. won the Grammy. Wow. Um, Number 39 Watts, I have two people mixed together because I think you think of the other one, you think of the other one also. It's almost like a 1A, 1B type thing going on, even though um, I got Kim and Fox at 39. I know Kim had one album that year, Hardcore. I love that album a lot. Shout out to Biggie for holding that album down. Obviously, Fox had Il Nana and China Doll. I did not like China Doll that much, but these two girls were very influential in the 90s. In fact, the source cover that me and you probably had with them on the cover, man. Uh, Shout out to Kim and Foxy at 13.9. So at 38,
1: I have... One of the great hip-hop groups, it's another group that had two MCs and one female. They dropped albums in the 90s, but they had a, a very, very influential 90s run. It is Wyclef Jean, Croswell mm-hmm. and Lauren Fujies, the Fugees. The most, they had a, a powerful, powerful impact of, in, the, in the mid to late 90s, the Fugees.
0: Okay. At 38, I'm going to Long Island, De La Soul. You have to one, two, three albums. Uh, I got to be honest with you, out of all the De La Soul projects that came out in the 90s, I know a lot of people love De La Soul album that dropped in 91. My personal favorite would be 1996, the stakes is high. So we have De La Soul at number 38, sir. 37, I'm
1: going to Queens. I'm going to a a group, two brothers. You guys know him as Mr. Drink Champs himself. Hmm. Uh, Hmm. Capone, Noriega, CNN. CNN dropped The War Hmm. Report in 1997, and that album is a classic album. We will revisit that album, but uh, CNN.
0: Uh, 37 Watts, R.I.P. Going to Money, Earning, Mount Vernon. Um, R.I.P., my man, Heavy D, at 37. Column 4 one, two, three, four, five albums, Watts, in the 90s. Man, Heavy D, man, Jesus Lord. Um, obviously, I would say Blue Funk and Number Love, my favorite two albums in the 90s from Heavy D out of his catalog in the 90s. So I got Heavy D at 37, sir. Okay, at 36.
1: I have another female. She dropped one album in the 90s. She also was on a group project. She is from Bed Stuy, Brooklyn, my Mm. part of Brooklyn. And it is Kimberly Jones, aka Little Kim.
0: Okay. Um, At 36 Watch is a group that you spoke about earlier, Um, DOS Effects. Column one, two, three albums in the nineties. I know a lot of talk last night was Primo dropping the real hip hop song that he did with Das Effects. Um I love that series a lot. I know people did they want effects, but Mike Checker and Lucy's was my joint in ninety two. Um I did buy the nineteen ninety three Straight Up Suicide album and the Hold album ninety five. So I got Das Effects at thirty six. Thirty
1: five. I have someone I consider one of the greatest rappers of all time, of all mm. time. He okay. didn't get his flowers. Into, he didn't get his flowers until the 2000s, but he was absolutely in the building for real in the 90s. Mm. Mm. He is tongue twister of the 90s. The guy that Tret said, "So you can tongue twist your ass back to Chicago." That's how long mm. he's been in the game. He was also on the No Way Out album, Puffy's biggest album of all time. On the song with oh. Genuine, he dropped an album with Twister and the Speed Not Monsters, which is a four and a half mic album to me. And, of course, the Adrenaline Rush album, so Twister.
0: Oh. Okay, 35 Watts. I'm going with Organized Confusion, man. Column one, two, three, three three. Three albums in the 90s, bro. And then you go to, I gotta go turn the Affairs when Farrow went solo and dropped his um, that four and a half mic album another album I would like for you and that to revisit is eternal affairs. So I have 35 organized confusion and obviously Pharaoh is in that group as um, a solo project also. So uh, I'm now at 34,
1: 34 dark man X from the locks. Now I know that's kind of throwing people off, but this is a nineties list. He came out with his first album, in mm-hmm. 1998 mm-hmm. then he dropped another album later on that year and then the following year so he dropped three albums in the 90s and I could have a much higher but I consider right. DMX a hybrid where he bridged the gap of superstardom of the late 90s and the early 2000s so that is why he's here he would also make my right. 2000s list if we did that so
0: Darkman X. that's a fact at 34 watts I have Scarface Call one, two, three, four, five albums in the 90s. Um, once again, I hate to look my horn again, but this was an era when, listen, man, you got East Coast and West Coast, and Scarface was in the middle of all this with the Ghetto Boys. Um, obviously, when you think of the Ghetto Boys, shout out Bushwick Bill and Willie T, but Scarface, that's the next average person. He really was a standout guy in that group. So I got Face Mob at 34. Get well, Scarface.
1: So at 33, I have, I'm going to Brooklyn. Mm. Uh, It's a group you, I'm going to Most Steff and Talib Kweli. They dropped Mm. Most Death and Talib Kweli, a black star. They dropped that in 1998. That album is a, I consider that a classic album. I consider that an album that I would put against basically any album. It's that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both went on to have solo careers. Talib Kweli had a more extensive solo career, but most different
0: Talib Kweli. Okay. Um, at 33 Watts is a group that you spoke about earlier from Q- Q- from Queens. I'm going to Lost Boys. Um, three albums in the 90s. R.I.P. Freaky Ta. It's something that, I mean, if you're a hip-hop head, we all did the Lost Boys dance back in the day. Um, Renee was one of my favorite songs. I'm not going to lie, Luke's... Lex Cheeks beams and all that. I love the Lost Boys, man. Thirty-three, man. LB will be fan for life. Thirty-two. I'm
1: going to the Bronx. He dropped one album in the '90s, and that one album is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's con- I consider it one of the greatest lyrical albums of all time. Capital mm-hmm. Punishment by Big Moon Dog Punisher. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: At thirty-two watts, I'm going with K-Solo, man. Two albums in the '90s, man. But I'm gonna be real, man. I really was a K-Solo fan. Like I have to emphasize that, man. Fugitive is one of my favorite songs. I mean, we people always go into um, "Your moms in My Business," as they should. But I love Fugitive. I love I Can't Hold It Back. I love the song Letterman. I love a lot of the joints from K-Solo, man. This guy I thought was real dope. Um, I love. I know Red man gets love and Death Squad, but man. Uh, and it's squad, part of me, but I love K solo a lot, man. K solo at thirty-two. At thirty-one, I'm going to
1: NARUL. To people who don't know what I mean when I say NARUL, I'm talking about New Rochelle, New York, New York. And that is brand Newbians. I cannot mm. emphasize enough the impact that brand Newbians had on me. Brand Newbians meant more to me than maybe any rapper, bet- than any rap between 1990 and 1993 with Grand Pooba and um, the 90 album and Grand Pooba's album and then the album with Punk Jump Up to Get Beat Down. That meant everything to me. that. That, that, that it, It's a five-mic meaning to me. People are looking at them like, how could you have them so low? Just It, it was early 90s and brand-new 31 meant everything to me.
0: Okay, at 31, I'm going with Busta Rhymes, man. Three albums in the 90s: The Coming, with everything's remain raw and all that. 97 with his Master Strikes, with Rhymes the Law, and 1998, the ext- extension level of that. My favorite Busta Rhymes album would be the one in 1998. I got Busta Bus at 31. I'm one of my top five performers of all time, seen live in hip hop history. Busta Rhymes. 31
1: at number 30 i have buster rhymes wow buster rhymes was everything in 90s hip-hop from leaders of the new school to his verses on flavor in your ear remix his remix his crazy remix with buster rhymes um his innovative videos with missy and um so, you know, he made those just incredible videos. Yes. Uh, so I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, people are like, would wonder, like, how could you have Buster Rhymes so low? Well, one of the things is Buster Rhymes' best album came out to me, in my opinion, was his album with Dr. Dre, and that was in 2006. Uh, Buster wow. Rhymes was a great, great MC in the 2000s, also. So he'd make my 2000s list. Well, this is no slight on Buster. Buster's one of the all time greatest MCs who has ever Thanks. lived. So bust around with number 30.
0: At 30, I'm going to the BX. I have Fat Joe, um, three albums in the 90s, man. Represent, Jealous Ones, Envy, Don, Carter, Gina. Fat Joe, I know you're somewhere want to throw up that Primo did not play one song from you last night, brother, but it is okay. It's okay. Um, I got Fat Joe at 30, and he introduces the pun. All right, let me. Number 29.
1: I have The Overweight Lovers in the House. Mm. You already talked about them, but this man is an all-time great. It is Heavy D, rest in peace Heavy D, but Heavy D was prolific in the late 80s and prolific in the 90s. Uh, mm. The first time I ever heard Big was on a Heavy D album, Blue Funk Facts, <laughs> an album that I love. One of my greatest posse cuts of all time is a posse cut called Don't Curse, it's a Heavy Ooh. D Posse cut. When you get the uh, when you Biggie's classic One More Chance remix video, one of the things we always talked about in that video was when Heavy D comes outside and telling everybody, yo, chill, 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 chill. <laughs> that was a big moment. <laughs> heavy yeah, D yeah, is the yeah. absolute legendary figure. He is number 29 on
0: my list. RIP Heavy D, RIP T-O-Y, man, Troy, man. 29, man, I'm going to the ATL. The South has something to say. This was said at the 1995 Source Awards when all the tension between Death Row and Bad Boy was in the building. That came from Andre Three Stacks, Thousand. Um, three dope albums in the 90s. Southern Playlist, Nick, in 94. AT in 1996. And one of my favorite OutKast albums is Aquamanite. For all you nerds out there that always going to put Andre Three Thousand at number three and have Big Boy at 29, I hate when y'all do that. Y'all trying to make it sound like Three Stacks is way better than Big Boy. I don't like that kind of talk. But at twenty nine, I have Outcast, man. At number twenty seven,
1: I am going to Queens. I'm going to a Thank bunch you. of bald headed dudes who signed to Death. Twenty eight or twenty seven? In May. Twenty seven. Not twenty eight. Okay. Oh, what no, twenty eight? Oh wait, wait, wait. No, twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 28. I'm, going 28. 28, I'm going to, um, like I said before, I'm going to Queens to the Ballhead guys who made riot mosh pit music. <laughs> it is Onyx. Throw your guns in the air. They had Sticky <laughs> Fingers, who was spitting arguably the best closing verses of the 90s. Facts. Um In 1990, they dropped an album called Shut Him Down, which is a Four and a half to 5 my classic for me. It is a personal, absolute classic to me. I loved Onyx. Onyx number twenty seven, number 28 for me.
0: At number 20 Watts is a group you spoke about earlier, man. Um, these brothers from late 80s going into the 90s meant a lot to me and you especially. Um, I call him the Malcolm X of hip-hop. His voice alone when he raps, it grabs your attention. I'm going with Public Enemy at 28. Say of the Black Planet, I got that as a five mic album, and the Enemy Strikes Backs as a four and a half mic album. Even they dropped two other albums in the '90s, but those two particular albums meant a lot to me, man. I got Public Enemy at twenty-eight.
1: At number twenty-seven, I have one of the greatest rappers in terms of longevity in hip hop history. He is from the Bronx, New York. He always loves to talk about Trinity Ave. He introduced, he brought us, he brought us big pun. I am talking about Don Cartagena himself, Fat Joe, at number twenty-seven, who uh, I think does not get the credit he deserves for his longevity. He is before he dropped his solo album in ninety-three for crying out loud. He had his famous single that Red Alert used to play every day. Flow Joe. Everybody knows Fat Joe's in <clears> town. Enough <throat> respect to the boogie down. So Fat Joe number 27.
0: At 27, I'm going to Queens right quick, man. Another dude uh, watching just used the word longevity. Um, this brother just came off a project with Dirty Special right there, man. Son of G G-Rap. I got cool G-Rap at 27. Count them one, two, three, four albums in the 90s. And I'm going to say this right here. A lot of them joints, at least three of them joints are four and a half mic, four mic albums, man. I got G Rap, Nas' and son. I know we say Rock him a lot. Make sure you give G Rap this goddamn respect, man. I got G Rap at 27. You lose because you got those three blues. Talk to me, man.
1: At number 26, I have a group from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm. It is a group that has a drummer by the name of Quest Love. And they have a lead rapper who is arguably the greatest MC who has ever lived. His name is Tariq, a.k.a. Black Thought. You guys may know him because you see him on television night shows, or you may know him from a funk, master, freestyle. But in the 90s, the roots were very important to me. Like I said, in 1996, they dropped what I consider one of the all-time great lyrical albums ill half-life which to me personally is a five mic album they also dropped their 99 Mm -hmm. album with erica about doing eve but i have the roots at 26 led by arguably the
0: greatest rapper
1: who ever lived in black thought
0: at 26 i'm going to y.o it's a rapper you spoke about um a minute ago and yes he dropped late 90s and i mean late but one album, I mean, this guys he's hes coming here after the bad boy era, which Puffin Mace. And it's so funny, today I saw a clip running around on social media when they were at the Apollo, and I'm talking about LL Cool J, Red Man, Method Man, and this man, Dark Man X. And after Method Man spit his verse, when X came out, the crowd went crazy. This is an individual that I've seen live at least three times, and this man, I mean... It's Dark and Hell and Hot is a very one of my favorite albums. But he also dropped two albums in nineteen ninety nine, just like Nas did in ninety eight. I got DMX at twenty six, man. Holler at me. Why yo. At tw-
1: at twenty-five, I have an MC who you rated the number one MC of mm. the eighties. And he also okay. made it deeply into the nineties. He is someone who Crooked and I just recently interviewed. He is mm. what people will say the modern-day all-time great MC. If right. people say that, I have no issue with it. I can agree. I want to change <laughs> to hip-hop. Uh, if you want to know, I am talking about Rakim at 25. If people want to know how mean you feel about Rakim? You just listen to our '80s list. He was he was number one for he was number one for you. He's number three for me in the '80s. He's here. He's 25 for me. In the '90s, he he had the, arguably the best song on the Juice soundtrack. It's between that and mm-hmm. Elton Anthem. Know the ledge. He dropped two mm-hmm. albums. He dropped three albums. But Rakim is what well, we, you know how we feel about Rakim. If you just listen to yes. this. So I got Rakim, who smoothly, effortlessly. Pivotal, pivotal. Made it into. He made a smooth transition into the nineties. Rock him.
0: Um, at twenty-five watts, I'm going to the West Coast, man. Um, I think I, I don't know if you spoke by his brothers yet. I apologize. I don't know if you did yet, but I'm going to the West Coast. Obviously, we have Cube, Cypress Hill, Ross Cos, the other Funko Sapien, a lot of brothers, man. But group wise, these is one of my favorite dudes from the West Coast, man. Listen, man, 1993. 21 and over, 1996 Coast to Coast, and 1997 Liquidation, man. Three solid dope albums. I even forced me to buy Tash's solo album, the Fast Life album. I got the Alcoholics, man, the Licks, baby. I mean, the Licks, at 25. At 24, I
1: have a duo that I, that I believe has the most underrated MC in hip hop history. The most underrated. They come from Nauru, aka New mm. Rochelle, mm. Pete Rock, and C.L. Smooth. <laughs> dropped absolutely one of the greatest albums of the entire decade. Mecca and the Soul, brother. Dropped in mm-hmm. also out with the creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and dropped arguably the greatest, the greatest song in hip hop history. And they reminisce over you. Uh, They also dropped their follow-up album, The Main Ingredient, that had Straighten It Out. So, yes, if you want to know, if you want to get a master class in production and a master class in five-mic lyricism,
0: Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Wow. At 24, I got to go here, man. I think, obviously, we do a lot of, we talk hip-hop here, and we talk about albums and groups, right? This particular group, I felt they didn't really get the love to 1996. But, man, I mean, they dropped a, a album that, I got to say, man, you got two MCs and one lady, and the lady was better than the other two dudes. No shade to Clef, no shade to you, prize But I got the Fugees, man. 94, Blunted on Reality, and 96 to Score. Even though I did love Mona Lisa, and I did love the remix to Vocab, I got the Fugees at 24, par
1: at 23, I have an MC who Talib Kweli said, because this MC has asthma, and the fact that he has great breath control, he might be the greatest MC who ever lived. Okay, mm. this MC has impacted the entire decade of the 90s. He is someone that Crooked Eye says himself, I am the Long Beach version of him. Mm, I am mm. talking about the mighty Pharaoh, Pharaoh March from Organized Confusion. Pharaoh March from Fudge Pudge. I figure the eight inches of me will be the remedy. That guy mm. who ended <laughs> up in 1991, Source giving five mics to their album. That guy from Stress, the phenomenal song. Um, and the guy who literally ended the decade in 1999, with Internal Affairs, another four-and-a-half-to-five-mic album.
0: Faro March, number 23. Mm. Oh, I like that talk. Um, For my 23 is a brother you just spoke about a couple of notches down, Um, like you said a second ago. If you want to hear how we feel about this individual in the 80s, please feel free. I had this that brother at number one, but I have him in the 90s at number 23. Watson just spoke about... The juice soundtrack, you can go to don't sweat the technique. Uptown anthem, tomato, tomato, it doesn't really matter. Um, the transition, going into the eighties, and then going into the nineties. A lot of brothers, Slick so Rick, they make my list. So you can just let that Big Daddy Kane they make my list. Rock Kim made my list, coming from the eighties and the nineties. So I got R at twenty three, brother. And look, let me just let me say this Excellent. right quick. I love the eighteenth letter. I just wanna make sure I say that. In nineteen ninety seven, that eighteenth letter low key. Was a four mic album, in my opinion. At number 22, I have an MC
1: that Tretch called on his album one of the most fiercest MCs out there. In the early 90s, between 1990 and 1993, that is a four year run, this man was a top three MC. I already talked about his group, but I have to talk to, about him as an individual. I'm talking about Grand Puba, Mister 360 <clears> Degrees throat> himself. Throat> uh, so he was considered one of the best MCs in the in the early 90s. Just just no debate from it. From late 80s to the early 90s, Grand Puba was absolutely one of the best and one of my favorite MCs. Grand Puba, number 22.
0: At number 22, I'm going to the Bronx. This is another individual, like I just spoke about, Rakim. He's another brother that was in the 80s and made a very, very smooth transition going into the 90s, man. Um, Even though he had two albums, Return of the Boom Bap, um, three albums in 95, and I Got Next Album in 97 with my favorite song on there was the MC. Love that joint. Another brother that I've seen perform live twice in my life, K R S One, Knowledge Reigns Supreme. Over nearly everybody, man. I got K R S One at 22.
1: At number 21, I am going to Brownsville, Brooklyn, to a, duo, to a duo that has, to this day, I still listen to their music, and their music still gets me hype. I consider them one of the most hardcore, most amped, lit uh, duos. It is Billy Danz and Little Fame, M.O.P., How About Some Hardcore,
0: Yes, those brothers. Classic. the mash-out posse. Number 21. Number 21, Watson spoke about this group a second ago. I'm going to Duff. Fake niggas don't go platinum. They go aluminum. Do you want more 94? Listen, we can talk about the 91 album. I wasn't really in tune to that, so I'm not going to fake the Jackson, y'all. But 94, t one more album? And Duff Half-Life and Things Fall Apart in 1999. One of the best groups I've seen live with a live band. Sorry, Brandon, we have these. I'm talking about The Roots, man. I got The Roots at 21, Watts.
1: At, 20, at, at number 20, I have a group that I consider to be the absolute leaders of the Native Tongue Movement. And they sort of get lost mm. as the leaders because... You know, hip-hop history is funny. Sometimes unsung heroes don't get talked about. But this is De La Soul, a group that absolutely made noise in the late 80s, and they set off the 90s. A source, verified five-mic album in De La Soul is Dead. This is a five-mic album to me. I consider it one of the greatest albums of the 90s. Uh, they did a remix to Buddy, which is one of the biggest songs. Mm-hmm. Their follow-up album in 1993, Balloon Mind State," was a masterclass in jazz-hip-hop fusion. Uh, these guys do not get the flowers that Tribe
0: Called Quest
1: gets, but they should absolutely. So De La Soul, number 20.
0: Okay. At number 20, Brothers from Wood, Long Island another group that made a very smooth transition from the 80s going into the 90s. All their titles of their albums is called Business. Hey, Kanye West, check this out, brother. I like their Gold Digger song more than your Gold Digger song, sir. How about that? I'm going Erica Parrish, Making Dollars. Three albums in the 90s, watch, but between the three, I appreciated Business as usual, and a very slept-on album in 1992 Business, never personal. I got EPMD at number 20. At number 19, I have,
1: I'm going to New Jersey. Uh-oh, it's And I'm going to Naughty by Nature. Wow. Led by, led by <laughs> the treacherous MC. Can't leave this off. The treacherous MC, Treach. Nineteen ninety one. That album is one of the most important albums of the nineties. When Crook and I interviewed Eminem, Eminem was absolutely rapping lyrics off of yes. this album word for word. Yes. Tretch was and I repeat, I'm going to quote Ed Lover. When Tretch got on the mic at Madison Square Garden, he said all the other MCs on the card had fear in their eyes watching this Mm. man perform and spit his lyrics. Tretch Mm. is a lyrical genius. I have Naughty by Nature, uh, who dropped four albums in the 90s. Yes, And the first three of them were amazing, amazing albums. Uh, And Tretch was in the early 90s, before Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. To Mm. me, it was Tretch and Grand Poole as the two new nasty dudes. So, Naughty by Nature,
0: number 19. At number 19, I got the same group as this guy. It was crazy. I got Naughty by Nature at number 19. Everything Watson said, I triple co-signed that. We just spoke about Eminem quoting Yoke the Joker, bar for bar, life for life with Tretch. Did it surprise any of y'all that Eminem showed Tretch that love? It didn't surprise me and Watson one bit. It didn't surprise the average... Hip-hop, listen and listen to me and Watson talk hip-hop. The Common Boys, y'all not surprised. Four albums in the 90s, and I agree with Watson, man. First album, second album, third album. Listen, the poverty, paradise, sorry, Tretch. We wasn't really rocking with that too tough, man. You are very high in the Jersey contention of uh, King of Jerseys. Joe Biden loves talking that King of Jersey talk, no doubt. But you are very high in, in that, in my opinion, man. Uh, one of the few brothers that... Tupac had a very, um, he loved the hell out of Tretch, man. Tretch was that dude, man. Everything Watson said, I agree with, man. I have nothing else, man. Naughty by Nature at number 19. Yes, sir. It's crazy we both got 19. Naughty by Nature, that's wild. At
1: number 18, I have a collective. Instead of taking them individually, I needed to use them as a collective because the impact on me was so profound. It meant everything to me, too. To put this in perspective, this is a collective from Brooklyn, New York. In the era of the 90s, between 1992, 93, 94, 95, 96, this group meant as much to me as Nas and Biggie. They, they, they meant the same, and Mob Deep. They, and everything those groups meant to me, they meant the same to me. I am talking about the boot camp click. Black Moon, OGC, The Shining, um, Helter Skelter. That group, that collective meant everything to me. So Boot Camp Click, number 18.
0: That number 18 was a group that Watson was hell-bent, that DJ Premier, if he doesn't play this, stick to my gun song, I'm going to go 8-ish on you, Primo. But he went to a song that I loved a lot, Breaking the Rules. I Spoke to Havoc. From Marm Deep yesterday, and I told Havoc this, besides y'all, these are the most hardest Negroes coming out of New York City, and, and, and shout out to the Mark, because they're from Queens, but well, listen, I'm a Brooklyn nigga, man, Brownsville, okay, ah Dana Kiss, that belongs to Little Fame, my guy, no disrespect though, man, three albums in the 90s, Firing Squad, to the death, to the death, and... First Family for Life was a very underrated album in 1998. I got Mashed Out Posse, Little Fame, and Billy Dance, and Little Fame just did an album with him and um, Sean Price um, early this year, man. So MOP, let me give it up real quick, man, to the Mashed Out Posse.
1: Number 17. Uh, we're talking about a group that you already talked about earlier. Brothers from Brent, Long Island. Brothers from Brent, Long Island. <clears throat> His brothers introduced us to Das effects, Redman, and K-Solo. They also are, das if I overall look at my all-time greatest groups, uh, EPMD is on the same plateau as any hip-hop group that has ever lived to me personally. I thought they made an effortless, smooth transition into the 90s before they had that breakup. But... EPMD means everything to me. To know us, me and three did an EPMD appreciation. So this is a group that means everything to me. I think Eric Sermon is absolutely slept on as a producer, absolutely slept on as a producer. But EPMD meant everything to me. We're at the point in the list where everybody we name means everything. And EPMD, the fact that they made my 80s list and my
0: 90s list speaks volumes for how good they were. So I have E.P.M.D. at number 17. My brother, I'm going to number 17. I'm going to Queens. I'm going to Farmers Boulevard, Mr. Watson, so you already know the vibes when I say that, sir. You'll catch that early. Um, In 1990, I want to say Mama Said Knock You Out was one of the best albums of that year. He had two other albums, 14 Shots of the Dome and Phenomenon. Um, I would say Mama Said Knock You Out was the um, standard song. This is a brother. I always say this, man, that GOAT talk that Jay-Z talks about and all that, and GOAT, greatest rapper of all time, in my opinion, this no disrespect to Kara Rock Rakim, Slick, Rick, Kane, all those guys, man, but this dude right here, man, fam, LL Cool J at number 17, man. Another brother, like I said, transitioned from the 80s into the 90s, into the 2000s also, early 2000s anyway, um, this guy's been here for decades, man. This is 85, man. LL Cool J at 17 Watts.
1: At number 16, I'm going to the bubble that mothered this rap-ish. And I'm going to someone who I, who I think is one of the all, is, is in conversation as one of the greatest MCs of all time. He absolutely mm-hmm. made our 80s list. He absolutely ran through the 90s and stood toe-to-toe with any and every MC, I am talking about the Blastmaster, K.R.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Who went mm-hmm. into the 90s with a Megaton bomb. Um, when you want to talk about conscious rap, pro-black rap, yes. education rap, his 1990 album, He had one of the greatest boom bap songs of all time. Love's Gonna Get You. Uh, I will put his song, Black Man, in effect against anything J. Electronica. Or, <laughs> or ever I will put that song "Black Man in Effect" off of that album, off of his second album where he went, where he went by himself. He did an mm-hmm. album called uh, "Sex Money." Uh, uh, what was the name of the album? That's, well, he he did another album uh, mm-hmm. in '92, and he had a song with uh, Freddie Fox. But the point I'm making is he. The transition he made into the nineties was effortless because he's a great MC. I mean, if you fast forward to ninety five, he had Spark Madism with <sighs> Channel, Live, Channel Live. And he bodied wow. that. So you can just tell we're in we're in nineteen ninety five and KRS one is still rapping like with mad skills. He does collaborations with Primo. KRS one mm-hmm.
0: absolutely an all time great MC, number sixteen on my list. Wow. Number 16, I'm going to Shy City. Me and Watson just revisited this individual's album called The Beat. We also spoke about, you know, you guys go crazy over Con Wheezy. Um, But me and Watson do believe strongly that this is one of Kanye West's best works that he's done. <laughs> Um, 1992, Can I Borrow a Dollar? Nin- followed up with 1994, Resurrection. And 1997, One Day It All Makes Sense, man. I got common sense or common at number sixteen, brother. And you say, Shaw City, number
1: fifteen. The group I have has a song where the mayor of New York City was a guy named David Dinkins, and one of the MCs <clears> in the group said, "Mr. Dinkins, would you please be our mayor?" It's <laughs> obvious that Three men is exactly who I'm talking about. I am talking about A Tribe Called Quest. Yes, I'm talking sir. about electric relaxation. I'm talking mm. about Check the Rhymes. I'm talking about Two. Scenario. Classics. I am Classics. talking about Tribe Called Quest, all-time great. First album dropped in 1990. Low End Theory, 91. Midnight Marauders 93. Mm. I mean, that that alone, that body of work alone yes. is why yes. they are so high on my list. Uh, Q-Tip, when you talk to Havoc, you you talked about what Q-Tip meant to him. Q-Tip was a revered figure in hip-hop in the 90s, a great producer, a great MC, very smooth, Tribe Called Quest, without a shadow of a doubt. By the way, who made one of the greatest albums that I put against any hip-hop album ever made? If I want to I'll of the low-end theory against any hip hop album ever made and feel very comfortable so Tribe Call Quest at number
0: fifteen. At number fifteen is a group that you spoke about earlier, man. Um R.I.P. to Sean P uh, My boy all we all we decided me and Watson that we're gonna when we when we took time to discuss these brothers, we're gonna lump them up in a group, right? So I'm going boot camp click at number fifteen. Um if you listen to this show numerous times a lot of talk about Biggie and Nas in, 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 the mid, in the early 90s, right? Red Man 2, right? But when this brother dropped this album, um, Enter the Stage, that is a certified classic album. I have that album sit at the table with Illmatic, Ready to Die, Reasonable Die, whatever the album is, Rayquan um, on the purple tape, Iron Man, all these albums that we love so much. I have that album sit at the table with all those albums. In 1995 a group that I spoke to havoc about also, that he had a feature. He had um, a guest appearance on his album. I love Smith or Wesson. 1995, all the talking, I talk about Sean Price. Watson always tells me about his love and affection for Health & Skelter for those first two albums, man. Shout-out to OGC, Lafarge, Skoshka, all that fly stuff, man. Duck Down Records in the Building. I got number 15, the Boot Camp Click, man. At number...
1: Fourteen. I have another MC who made the effortless, seamless transition into the '90s, and he went into the '90s, even becoming greater and greater as a lyricist. He is the cool genius of rap. He is someone who was on a song called "Don't Curse." I talked about it earlier <laughs> with a heavy beat album. Keeney is a man who made one of the great sex songs, Talk Like Sex, on his, 90, on yes. his 1990 album, Wanted Dead or Alive. Uh, like you said, you lose because you got the LC Street Blues. He had a storytelling song called On The Run. We always talk about <laughs> storytelling songs, but yes. we never talk about Koozie rap and his storytelling yes. ability. On The Run, the original and the track master remix both both fire 1995 he does a great collaboration with Nas um on the 456 and then in 1998 he introduced me to Papoose he introduced me to Papoose for the first time I'd never heard of Papoose but Papoose is on Coogee Vap's 1998 album Roots of All Evil where Coogee Vap has another one of the greatest storytelling songs of all time called Thug Love. It's damn near eight-minute song. Cool genius of rap number
0: 14 for me. Number 14 was a group that Watson just spoke about, I want to say, two minutes ago. I'm going to Queens, Tribe Called Quest. Listen, their first album reminds me of almost like Mom Deep and the Fugees. Like they had these first albums that, you know, I, guess I, I know people up. Can I Kick It? Left my Wally El Segundo. That, that wasn't my favorite tribe album, okay? Watson spoke about the low-end theory that he'll put there against anybody, and I co signed a lot. I do not have Midnight Marauders better than Low in low Theory. I have Low in Theory Then I have Midnight Marauders at number two. Um, Beach Rhymes in Life, 96 with Consequence coming to the fold. Wasn't too crazy about that, but in 1998, The Love Woman also. But Low in Theory and Midnight Marauders, man. Those two albums, in my opinion, is five-mic albums. Classics was a four and a half for Midnight Marauders, five mics for Low in Theory. Knock yourself out, man, Jada Kiss voice. I got Tribe Call Quest at number 14, man. R.I.P. Five Dog.
1: At number 13, I am going to Chi-Town. And mm-hmm. I'm going to an MC who we recently revisited his album and gave it five yeah. mics. He is arguably 1A or 1B as an MC coming from Chicago. I'm talking about Common. Common is an all-time great MC. I'm someone who argues that he is on the same lyrical level as Nas. Let me repeat that. I believe Common as lyrically is is as lyrically given as Nas. If you want to know how much how I feel about him. Uh, I believe Resurrection is a five-mic album. I
0: bought the, breaker, the I album that had Breaker, Breaker.
1: I bought that album that had Breaker, Breaker on it. I, I remember I bought the single, and that album came out in 92. I thought he completely defined the 90s. I loved his collaboration with Cannabis on the 97 album, One Day We All Make Sense. He also had Black Thought on that album. You also got right? a Black Star album. So everyone in the conscious who did pro-black conscious hip-hop music always collaborated with Common. Common, one of the all-time great MCs. Common, number 13 on my list.
0: Number 13 is a group that you spoke about earlier, man. I'm going to with P-Rock and C.L. Smooth. I always felt that C.L. Smooth was ahead of his time, just the way he rhymed, just the way his bars was, the music that he did. P-Rock, I've asked just yesterday, can you come outside and play with all these producers doing all these beat battles and everything like that? I am a very big fan of P-Rock. Um, I think he holds his own with Premier and A lot of these other guys we speak about, I love Havoc. I love Dr. Dre, but I love P-Rock just as much. I love those guys. Shut 'Em Down Remix is one of the best beats in his, in his resume. Um, we talk about All Sold Out with the creator, Mecca and the soul Brother man, the basement skins, ghettos of the mind, straighten it out, Fire Fire album man I loved like I really love skins with grand Puba, like I really love that album man introduces the grab lover i n I and all that man. people I can see how smooth um over the main ingredient, which I think is a very slept on album. people go to Mecca and the soul Brother all the time. I really love the main ingredient with album. With searching and I get physical and all that. I Camel City. There's a lot of trace on there that I love, man. And I'm not gonna leave out nineteen ninety eight Pete Rock's Dolo album. Listen, DJ Khaled, listen, Case This is a little bit different here. Y'all you know, you niggas will grab niggas and get them in the lab and just try to jump up a bunch of niggas and it does not work. I swear to god I felt Pete Rock, it worked on Soul Survivor. Listen, watch I will go grab inspected death, um, corrupt. And I'll make them do a drink together, and it's going to sound fire. That's crazy to me. The Method Man solo joint, Strange Fruit. Come on, man. We're not playing, man. P-Rock and Seal Smooth at number 13. P-Rock's still doing beats till this day. Till this day. Did he not just do Smoke Dissert? Did he not just do um, Sky Zoo? An album that I had number two for 2018 album of the year. Shout out to P-Rock and CL Smooth at number 13, man.
1: At number 12, this MC uh, needs no introduction. He is considered by the majority of hip-hop people to be the greatest rapper who's ever lived. He is Sean Carter from Marcy Projects. He's someone, if he gets PDS, he keeps one eye open like CBS, one of my yeah. favorite Jay-Z songs of all time, Can I Live. This is a man who was doing videos with Shaheem. In ODB, on Big Daddy Kane's album, he's been in the building for the entire 90s, dropped his first solo album in 1996. Uh, like he said, he turned the league out with reasonable doubt. Put your CDs out. Mm. Let's go song for song. The illest nigga doing it till he's proven wrong. Daisy dropped, <laughs> Jay-Z ended the '90s with four albums, 96, 97, 98, 99. Consistency, that was just the beginning to show. That was the beginning of his his eight-in-a-row album run. And at number 12, I have Man S. Carter, You Must Try Harder. Competition is nada.
0: Nada. (laughs) At number 12, I'm going to Southside Jamaica Queens. Of course, we need Southside Jamaica Queens. A lot of you think of 50 Cent. Even though 50 Cent, for the first time, we heard him on a song called React in the videos of the hockey outfits and all that fly stuff, man. Watch us walk about Sticky Fingers earlier having five Mike verses. The same way y'all love Jada Kiss, <laughs> all right? I'm telling you right now, Sticky Fingers, the first thing about him, last days, back the fuck up, slam. Niggas got ball heads because of these niggas, man. All right? I loved Onyx. I loved Onyx. Like back the fuck up is a five mic classic to me. All we got is us shut them down. So we're talking ninety three, ninety five, and ninety eight. I got one five mic album and two four mic albums. You can make these guys higher, in my opinion, man. But I have Onyx at number twelve, man. At
1: number eleven, I have arguably the most influential rapper of all time, of all time, the most influential rapper, the most influential, the most controversial rapper all time. Tupac Shakur. Tupac Shakur's impact on 90s, Tupac Shakur's impact on 90s hip hop is, is, is second to none. He is someone who has been debated every single year since his tragic passing. His legend has grown. His music, his catalog, his work ethic is second to none. He is, like I said, arguably the, great, the the most influential MC of all time. He is friend of the show, Crooked Eye's favorite MC of all time. Ja Rule used to get dissed. They used to call him a fake Tupac because he wore the bandana. Nas used to get criticized for If you wore a bandana and tied it in front of your head, Mm -hmm. it was Tupac. If you got tattoos tatted over your body, it was Tupac. He has the songs, Mm -hmm. Dear Mama. He has the the hardcore songs. He has the political songs. Basically, he checks every single box for hip-hop superstardom. Arguably the most, not even arguably, the most influential, most talked about rapper of all time, Tupac Shakur, gotcha. number twelve on my list.
0: At number eleven, I have Tupac. You can't make this up. I got Tupac. Listen, man. Ninety-one, Tupacalypse Now. Ninety-three, Strictly for My Niggas. Ninety-five, Me Against the World. While this man is locked up in Rikers Island, he's out here having the number one album in the country. 1996, where everybody tells me, yo, three, we know you New York niggas love Wu-Tang forever so much. We know you New York niggas love life after death so much. We know we know you New York niggas love diplomatic community. Shut your mouth, three. You better put some goddamn respect on all eyes on me. And a lot of niggas come at my neck. Hey, Pac, you even have a follower on Twitter who watching me and, and watching. He got a whole handle about you. It's, it's crazy. Two is not here to see this. That is people in 2020 that were my fan like this. Watch, like Watson said, the most influential rapper of all time. You got Brooklyn niggas, battle rappers and Math Hoffa running around making pock juice shirts. Not biggie shirts, pock juice shirts. So I got to give Tupac his respect. How many albums? You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Even after 96 when he died, they were still dropping albums. His work ethic, obviously. Was Second to none because he was still dropping music as he passed away. So I have Tupac Shakur at number 11
1: Now we are into my top 10 every group or MC that I name here are Living legends of the 90s. I believe these are people who um, I think I believe everyone I name in the 90s Defined the entire decade number 10 O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice Cube. Ice Cube ran into the 90s and kicked the door down. When he left NWA, I don't know if what people thought would happen to his career, but when he got with the Bomb Squad production squad, he dropped a classic album, America's Most Wanted. The following year, he dropped another album, Death Certificate. The following year, he dropped another album. The Predator. The following year, he dropped another album. Lethal Injection. Mm -hmm. Ice Cube does not get credit for his storytelling ability. He does not get credit for being a phenomenal ghostwriter. To me, Mm -hmm. Ice Cube was the total living definition of what I thought West Coast hip-hop was about. That's what I thought about Ice Cube. He had just think about what I said. He had a he came out the nineties and dropped an album every single year. Plus he dropped that EP, Jackin' for Beats. Give me that beat fool. Full time Jack. Full time
0: Jack move.
1: Facts. I have. Then he did his his West Side Connection thing. Even towards the end of the decade, he dropped War and Peace Volume One in 1998. So when you talk about the decade of the nineties, Ice Cube absolutely living legend and MC that I have nothing but respect for rock with hard body ice cube number 10
0: at number 10 I'm staying in the west coast man wow after listening to watch talk about cube right they're looking for another guy in the west coast who can hold it down could? you're talking about a skinny dude from Long Beach California the same birthplace as friend of the show, my guy, Crooked. I first heard this brother on a deep cover soundtrack. The anticipation for his first album, Doggy Style, and the anticipation. I would say this, boy, if there's one rapper in hip hop history, you could talk 50 Cent out there, you could throw 9 out there, a lot of dudes out there, but this dude is high, high on most anticipated going into his second album. Going into his second album, okay? We all love The Chronic. We love Doggy Style. Fall okay, eh. But man, oh man. That means me and Watson did a Snoop Dogg Doggy Style. We, we revisited that album. You can go on the channel and go check that out. Um, lost in the Sauce. Went with Master P. Always move with the times, though. Always seem to move with the time. Never really got Lost in the Sauce. I got Snoop Dizzle at number 10, man.
1: So let me piggyback off of what you said, because Snoop Dogg is my number nine <laughs> M.T. I out. want people to really understand how big Snoop Dogg was. Snoop Dogg was not only the biggest rapper, Snoop Dogg was, I consider, the biggest artist in the world in mm-hmm. 1993. I'm talking about over Axle Rose and Guns and Roses. I'm talking about everybody that MTV used to play. This man mm-hmm. was on underground radio mainstream radio mtv his impact on deep cover like you said creep with me is our caught roll through the hood maniac called call him snoop eastwood snoop you know eastwood. Is, you hear his you hear his for the first time and it's mesmerizing then you hear him on the chronic and he was you know the mvp yes his mvp was yes. on the chronic was snoop. so phenomenal that it led to the biggest anticipation maybe ever for a hip-hop artist because of what he did on The Chronic. And he did not disappoint with Doggy Style. It is an album me and three reviewed. We gave it an undeniable five Five. mics, super five mics, okay? Super five mics. Snoop Dogg, so influential, so impactful in the 90s that when he left Death Row and Masterpiece signed him, that yes. first album he did on No Limits sold over five hundred thousand copies, number one Shh. album in America because off of the sheerness of who he was, Snoop Doggy Dog, Snoop Double O G, number nine on my list.
0: Number nine, I'm staying in the West Coast. A brother that you spoke about a couple of notches down, Ice Cube. I make no bones about this. I'm not gonna make this just a regional thing. He's one of my favorite rappers of all time. Obviously, doing a '90s list. Also, the father of N.W.A. Yes, I'm gonna say the father. When you are penning lyrics for Easy E, when you're doing Easy E's first album, we want Easy, and you are the one that pushed the needle on that particular album. Guess what, guys? When Doctor, when when um Ice Cube left N.W.A the word on the street was he wasn't gonna prosper and flourish without that dr. Dre production and guess what he told you niggas get that F out of here I'm still gonna hold it down all right New York niggas we love ice cube we love ice cube I love ice Cube. 1990 America's most wanted My that five might album let's be clear on that 1991 death certificate no Vaseline is one of the illest diss songs in hip-hop history Anybody want to dispute that? Talk to your moms about that. All right? 1992, The Predator. And 1993, 1993, Lethal Injection. Love, Ice, Cube. I got Cube at number nine, man. At number eight,
1: I'm going to Farmer's Boulevard in Queens, New York. I'm going to my man. He wasn't the Kango Kid. But he damn sure used to rock a candle. <laughs> I'm going to James Todd Smith, Nothing A.K.A. To L.L. Cool J. You cannot talk 90s hip hop without talking L.L. Cool J. It is impossible. He's the first rapper I saw doing MTV unplugged, where he rapped with like a live band. Okay, this was in '90. That Mama Said Knock You Out album is to me a definitive. Hip hop classic. He had one of the distinct classic songs. that of that for him, yes. In the nineties, yes. Um he had a five mic song called Around the Way Girl. Five mic song. He had another five mic super song, Booming System. Classic. He had another remixed five mic song called Jingling Baby. He had oh. a superior diss song where he dissed Kumo D and Ice <laughs> to a break of dawn. Wise up, you, the burnt up French fry? I'm that type of guy. <laughs> Conviction. The way he raps. Then you fast forward. Backseat in my Jeep. Let's swing an episode. That's 93 that off of the How I'm Coming album. Then you fast forward it to 95 with the all-time great posse collaborative song I shot you with Keith Murray, yeah. Inga, Foxy Brown, Prodigy. This is '95. LL is still somebody making moves, doing yeah. it and doing it well. He can always do the smooth. L could always navigate smooth hip hop to just lyrical hip hop. Then you, so LL Cool J, without a doubt, '90s icon. He made our '80s list. Clearly made our '90s list because the man was relevant throughout the entire '90s. So I have LL Cool J at number eight.
0: At number eight is an individual that, when you have a bunch of kids, right? Well, it's, it's not always nice to say this, but you know there's there's one child in the in the group or in the family that stands out like a sore thumb, right? So let's say let's say you have nine kids, right? But one of them, you just know he can play ball. He's very athletic. He can play baseball, basketball, you know, just rapper, right? The kids love them. The girls love them. The thug niggas love them. The nine-to-five love them and everything. The only person to make a guest appearance on R.I.P. Biggie Small's album, Ready to Die. I'm talking about method, man. A Dude, I'm going to say this again, man. When you have an album called Enter the, Enter the Chambers, who 36 Chambers, and this individual has the only solo joint on that album, and he, he's the first person to go, like, listen, he's the first person we're going to let go solo. It's not going to be Raekwon. It's not going to be O'Durdy. Oh it's not going to be Ghostface. It's going to be Method Man. And for all you niggas out there that try to front or to Cal or Judgment Day, I have both those albums at 4 mic strong 4 Mike albums one of the best live performers in hip-hop history. Listen, he sat at the table with Buckshot, Nas, and Big. Nas and Big. Let's be clear. M-E-T-H-O-D, man. I met the man at number eight, my G.
1: At number seven, I have the producer who just did uh, a historic live beat battle with the mm-hmm. He was the backbone of a group. One guy was from Boston. The other guy was from Texas. But their base of mm-hmm. operation was 100% Brooklyn, New York. And they made sure everybody knew about it. Yeah, I'm from Boston. Yeah, I'm from Texas. But we were yeah. Brooklyn. That's very clear. I know y'all don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. <laughs> I am talking about <laughs> Gangstar. Mm-hmm. Gangstar. Like, oh, Listen, yeah, man, bro. if I'm going to be honest with myself and talk 90s hip-hop and say I don't care about who sold the most records, I don't care about who gets the most radio play, I'm talking strictly right. on a hip-hop perspective, it is Gangstar. Gangstar dropped five-mic classic and in, Step in the arena. Every album that they dropped in the 90s was either four-and-a-half mics or five mics from stepping to the arena to daily operation to hard to earn to moment of truth. I thought one of the tragedies of his beat battle with Rizza is that he did not play his gang star
0: right. music
1: he played only four songs. I'm mm-hmm. here to tell you in the nineties, these brothers had five mic hip hop respect from everybody, five mic production, a highly underrated lyricist in guru. Highly underrated. These guys had anthems. They had street. Gangstar number seven on my list.
0: You can't make this up, man. At number seven, I had Gangstar. Also, um, I did a blog about two years ago. I want to say maybe 2018. I want to say um, it was the blog was basically saying that. As much love as niggas love to give, LL, Slick Rick, Kane, all these brothers in, like, all in in the early 80s, and going to the 90s, I felt Guru was just as good as them, even though he came late 80s, right? The transition from the late 80s to the 90s was very tremendous, man. I could have put this brother high, at, high up in my um, listening also, but I'm a big Gangstar fan. Step into the arena, daily operation, hard to earn, and then moment of truth, like I love Guru, man. I, I I can't emphasize. There's never, there's, I don't think there's any Gangsta albums that's been lower than three and a half mic albums. And you could really say five mic, four and a half, four mics. But the contribution that they've done for hip hop, and I agree with everything Watson said, man. Hey, Primo, man. There was some drinks last night. You could have played from Gangstar, man. I'm all for the cash. A couple of the drinks though, but you did play above the clouds, though, my nigga. I'm not mad at you, man. Gangstar at number seven for me, was.
1: At number six is an MC whose name started trending on Twitter yesterday during the battle between mm. Primo and Rizza. And to me, I was kind of happy because I understood that this MC was everything Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas was. He was everything. Big EJ Z, and Nas was in the 90s. He was absolutely the equal looking them eye to eye, and they respected him. I'm talking about M-E-T-H-O-D, got me drinking O.D. all night in the MPV. I'm talking about Method Man. I'm talking about Method Man from God. Yellow Style. I'm talking about Method Man from Brick to Pain. Method Man used to be the go-to MC in the 90s if you wanted a guess verse. Trends of culture used to go to him for guest verse onyx used to go to him for guest verse yeah. the notorious big used to go to him for guest verse on the belly soundtrack yeah. they had to go to him and dmx and nas like method man was arguably the most in demand by the way he got to join with you two primo that you didn't play were you in in limp biscuit you know what i'm saying yeah. for the entire 90s method man was one of the greatest artists um the five people ahead of him that I have on this list, in my opinion, they're not really ahead of him. It's just I have to I have to finish this list out now. Right. So uh, I like I, I can't even make a case that they're over him. But right. the impact of Method Man is, and, and by the way, you said it earlier. Y'all trying to funnel to Cal and Judgment? Day, y'all out of your mind. Yeah, I only that. Because yeah, I'm telling yeah, mind now, crazy. Judgment Day meant everything to me. I, I love that album. That album religiously, religiously.
0: Uh, like, torture is my favorite I'm train. Torture is my Slender. favorite train on there. I love Torture.
1: I'm never going to take Slender
0: with, with Judgment Day.
1: Um, So I got Messy Man at number six, man.
0: At number six is a partner that Watson just spoke about when these two individuals linked up. Um, it was magic for us, and they did a song called How High. That was my joint. I'm going to Brick City. Um, Funk Dr. Spot Redman um, Listen man What the album Having songs like How to Roll a Blunt And Blow Your Mind and Time for Some Action 1994 There's a Dark Side We Run New York to nice Tonight's the Night Can't Wait um, 1998, um, six Muddy Waters Like This man dropped classic albums back to back to back Do you know how hard that is For a man to drop back to back to back albums Like that is very Hard to do Um, Consistency I would say with his individual's name man. Um, I got Funk Dr. Spot Redman at number 6 He can be very high Don't get it twisted But it's just tomato, tomato at this point I got Redman at number 6
1: At number 5 I have One half of the Of a group that you just interviewed You just yesterday you interviewed Havoc um, mm-hmm. Havoc is part of the group called Mob Deep. So number five on my list in the nineties is Mob Deep. Nineteen ninety three, they little shorties they dropped Juvenile Hell. You talked to him about it. They had a song on there called it from the Back. Like he said, Yo, I don't mind doing songs for shorties. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'm about that, so I got to do something for them. Um, Mob Deep to me, I just want to explain this so people can understand. You were just talking about Redman had a three album run. Mob Deep also had a three-album run. And I can argue that that three-album run is the greatest three-album run in hip-hop history. I can argue that and, and feel confident with it. I can put their three-album run of infamous, Hell on Earth, and Murder Music and say that is the greatest three-album run in hip-hop history. I can say that, and I will fight and stand by that. I will also say the infamous... Is everything that you guys think Cuban Lynx is. I will say the Infamous is everybody you think reasonable whatever you think is the greatest hip hop album of the nineties, Infamous is the same as that album. I have it there with Low End Theory. I have it with, with Mech and the Soul Brother.
0: Uh
1: I think Havoc is an underrated producer. I think Prodigy has always been a slept on underrated MC. Because they didn't get that platinum soup or that platinum love that everybody wants to give an artist for validation it didn't matter to me prodigy sitting at the table with biggie jay-z and nas Punt anybody anybody who got prodigy is they're equal they they equal mc they're not over him in the 90s they are not over him so i got mob deep number five
0: at number five i'm going to bed Stuy, brooklyn we're watching resides going to tory's big man um Ah, uh, man, this is, like, bittersweet, right? You know what I'm saying? Because you can have this, man, at 4, 3, 2, 1. It really doesn't matter. Um, What he meant for me as a Brooklyn rapper, um, I'm going to say something, West Coast niggas. Do not take this personal, but I'm speaking from the heart right now. How I hailed B.I.G., man. I was, like, when all that shit was going on on the West Coast, I was riding for big. I'm going to keep it real. I, I, that's the first rapper that passed away that I dropped a tear from. I, I actually dropped a tear. When this man died, like it was like bittersweet for me. I, The way he put Brooklyn on his back, the way he was able to have niggas like Bone Thugs and Harmony jump on life after death and take their flow and freak it. Watch, like it was nothing. The way he made niggas wear Donna Karen, the G's my nigga. I wear Coogi sweaters because of Notorious B.I.G. Um, I take good pride in this brother like me. He comes from a Jamaican. Jamaican household like myself. Um, I just love I just love Biggie man. I love this dude all oh, my heart and soul, man. This man meant so much to me. Um, from Ready to Die, I deem that as a four and a half my album. It's still a classic in my eyes. And for him, I wanna say he's the the first East Coast rapper or first New York rapper, I wanna say part himself. I could be right on this fact, check me if I'm wrong, to drop the double C D. You could say Wu Tang Forever, you can say like that to Death. Um, A lot of people say this album is a certified classic on the strength of this is one album, life after death, that he gave everybody what they wanted from girl joints to street nigga shit, to talking greasy, to block talk, to storytelling. Biggie, I love you, my nigga. I got B.I.G. at number six, man. Number five, point us off. Number five. At number four. The MC
1: I have said, I woke up early on my born day. It's, I'm 20. It's a blessing. The essence of radical essence leaves my body. Now I'm freshened. My physical frame is celebrated because I made it. Mm. Nasty Nasco, cool. The young 16 year old from Queensbridge, the large professor, just threw on a song called Live at the Barbecue, or for the main source album. The, the rapper, that large professor was talking about on the Midnight Marauders album when he said, rapper Nas on, rapper Nas next. Mm-hmm. Um, Nasty Nas is a celebrated MC who's considered one of the greatest MCs of all time, if not the greatest
0: MC of all time. Mm-hmm.
1: He's someone that I consider one of the greatest MCs of all time. I actually, I actually believe that he elevated past what Rakim did. Now, because mm-hmm. Rakim pioneered it first, Rakim gets that. But I actually believe he did what Rakim did and elevated it. He elevated that level of lyricism, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, right. He dropped one of the all-time great albums in Illmatic, Five Mics in the Source. You and I know that was the time when the Source Five Mic rating meant everything to us. Um, right. I had an anticipation for that album, just like I had for Snoop's album. That's how I felt when that Nas album was coming out. It meant everything to me. I stood outside with eight brothers in Raleigh, North Carolina, in front of Mr. Freeze record store to get at 12 midnight, because he had a a, a, a midnight opening, to buy Illmatic. So, Nasty Nas, everyone knows his story. Um, He's one of the all-time greats. I have Nas at number four.
0: At number four, I have Nas. Also, you can't make this up, man. Everything Watson said, he stole the thunder and joy, man. Um, I'll say this, man. After Rakim is Nas. After G- Rap is Nas, in my opinion, man. Um, Nas just, I mean, if we go back to back to the grill again. No disrespect to Red Hot Lover Tone. No disrespect to MC Search and those brothers there, man. This guy said I, he went to jail for snuffing Jesus. Like, that don't make no goddamn sense, man. Nas, it was cool to like Nas, man. Nas was just so dope, man. And yes, Illmatic did not sell the way y'all might think it was sold. It did not sell. But i say it's the first album in hip-hop history, in my opinion, where you grab a star-studded lineup of ill producers. At the time, you're not really thinking that. But then when you got L.E.S., P-Rock, or uh, Large Professor, and a bunch of these cats, And then go from Illmatic. See, the difference between Nas and Raekwon and Snoop Dogg is this. Ray and Snoop dropped the ball to me on a second albums. And and Nas was anticipated also, just like Snoop and and, uh, Ray. But guess what? Nas did pull through with it was written. He came through with it was written. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, man. And then you got a, a thing about Nas also. He dropped two albums, just like DMX in the 90s. That is crazy. You know what I mean? I am a Nasradamus. Even if you want to pooh on and that's fine. He still dropped two albums in that in that calendar year. So I got to give it up to Nas. I got nasty Nas, man, at number four. One Love is one of my favorite songs from Nas of all time. Love Nas, man. My
1: number three, three one to three is 1A, 1B, 1C. My top five okay. is like that. I mean, so...
0: You know, I don't want
1: people to be like, yo, how you put this guy over the other guy? Right. Let me just be clear right. when I say this. I'm glad you didn't said that. I put none of these guys. They're not over. It's just that we have to do a top five. So I, these are the names. you have right. to do it. Okay. Right. But let me be very clear when I tell you this. The reason why DJ Premier could not wash the RZA is because the RZA is the a vote for Wu-Tang Clan. DJ Premier was going against the legacy of the Wu-Tang Clan. You cannot wash that. So when everybody was talking about uh, Primo's going to wash the River, what do you mean? Primo was going to wash the legacy of Wu-Tang in the 90s? Impossible. <laughs> off, of, off of Wu-Tang Forever, they got a song called Impossible. Shout out to T'Keitha for singing the hook on that. Let me be <laughs> very clear when I tell you this. Wu-Tang Clan means... Everything to me. Everything. I love the Wu-Tang Clan. I used to rock Wu-Wear. I used to wear things. I listened to Method Man. Let me tell you how much I love Wu-Tang Clan. They meant so much to me. I have Method Man at number six on this list. And then I still (laughs) put Wu-Tang Clan on this. Because Ray and (laughs) Ghost meant everything to me. So yes. I, I have to cheat code because I said there's no way I'm not going to just take meth individually and then not do Wu-Tang Clan. And when I say Wu-Tang Clan, mm-hmm. I'm talking about liquid swords. I'm talking about Iron Man. I'm talking about That's- only built for Cuba links. I'm talking about all mm-hmm. of that is combined. These brothers were the 90s to me. They meant everything mm-hmm. to me from Method Man mm-hmm. to protect your neck. So Wu-Tang Clan, without a doubt, sh- shout out to the RZA for reminding people how great Wu-Tang was and having everybody be like, holy crap, uh, Premier didn't wash the RZA. Only oh, a dummy, super dummy, <laughs> when to wash the RZA. You can't wash the RZA. You can't wash Wu-Tang. So Wu-Tang number three on my list.
0: <laughs> At number three, um, this is a person that everyone, when you think of three-letter man, and you say who's three favorite rapper? Me and Watson have argued for three years about this individual. Um, I don't want to put, I don't want to say goat. He's just one of my, he's just my favorite rapper. If I have to say he's my favorite rapper of all time, I have him there. But the thing about this, I have my number three. Um, obviously, he was in a group, Hawaiian Safety with Jazz O. I did not really care about that, about that group right there at all. When he's with Jazz O, at all, I cared about when I heard him. From Dead Presidents. I cared when I heard him and Foxy Brown on Ain't No Nigga. Hey, Hov, I got to keep it real, my G. Foxy did help you out a lot, my nigga, with Ain't No Nigga. Let's be clear on that. My nigga, she helped you out a lot, fam. In a lot. Um, reasonable doubt to me, you know, a lot of times we talk about albums in that era, 95, 96. A lot of times people say, oh, this album sounds dated, yada, yada, yada. But at that time, it, it was fire. I still to this day I feel that reasonable doubt is one of those albums that is not that what we just talked about. I feel it's a classic. Um, in the nineties, I'll say ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, and ninety nine. Hole was my guy. That's four albums in the nineties. Um, I don't got much to say, man. I got Hole at number two. I'm gonna keep it light. I got Hole at number three, man. You yeah, know how I feel about. At number
1: boy. two. At number two, I have. Francis, M to the H, Phenomenal, yeah. Gun Rest under the Waist by the Abdominal. Frank White, the Desperado. You still rock the all black Movado, all oh, black El So um you earlier talked about Big and what he meant. I feel the same way. Biggie's death is a death in hip hop that I have never come to terms with. I actually hate hip hop in the hip hop culture because of it. I think hip hop changed and what could have made hip hop greater than it already is, we never got to see. Like when you see Ice Cube and Will Smith and Jay-Z and what 50 Cent became because they lived and 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 became like running, you know, running this generation. I felt Biggie was on his pace to just be one of the if not the greatest of all time, one of the greatest of all time. This man, to me, checked every single box in hip-hop you could check. He was funny. He could do commercial. He could tell a story. He could do hardcore. He was an absolute hip-hop head. From blue funk, Who's on the Mic, with a bunch of niggas, Biggie Smalls, to Party and Bullshit, or for the Who's the Man soundtrack. Mm-hmm. To Dreams for the R&B Chick, to mm-hmm. Ready to Die, to Life After Death, to Junior Mafia, Biggie Smalls mm-hmm. is the illest. Uh, Biggie Smalls is one of my all-time favorite rappers. Um, and like I said, his death is a death that, to this day, I think about, and it upsets me. Like, it, 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 it I lost some of my love for hip-hop when Big died. That's how... That's how much I've never gotten over It is a death that I will never come to terms with because I love this man so much and what he meant to hip-hop. Biggie Smalls, number two.
0: Number two for me is a a group that you spoke about a couple notches down. Um, I would say this, man. We just watched the producer last night from this particular group go head-to-head with DJ Premier. And I've said numerous times from 1993 to 1997. Some of you tell me three, it's longer than that. But I'm just going to go four years, all right? And that's still long. Let's be clear. I just think that was his golden era, in my opinion. not saying he didn't lace the world with beats, I'm talking about the RZA. Um We can also talk about him being, you know, after Havoc, in my opinion, I have him as the second-best rapping producer. Not Kanye West. Sorry, y'all. I got Havoc, then the RZA. Let's be clear on that. Um, I'm going to Wu-Tang Clan at number two, man. Talk about a, a different sound. I'm going to hop on the sound right quick. A lot of groups in New York, you want to say this person sound like this person, this person reminded you of this person. I did not know that there was niggas from Staten Island. Well, not all from Staten Island. You got some niggas from Brooklyn. Let's be clear. Well, you we got Master Killer, um, Old Dirty Bastard, and Let's be. And I think RZA was born in Brooklyn, too. But that's neither they know that. But these brothers really meant the world to me. Um, I remember the MPV era Watts. Remember, you remember that era also? That is the Pathfinder, the Land Cruiser the ever. These, these niggas were a staple. A staple. And guess what? For all this shit that was going on in the East Coast, West Coast shit, guess who was on a song on Tupac's album? you got to be right. That guy met the man that watched that high on his list, all right? Um, enter the 36 Chambers. It was just different music, man. Different music. And there's only one song on that whole album that I didn't really care for. And it wasn't even whack. And it was tears. That is just a certified, and that's another album me and Watson have revisited is Enter the 36 Chambers. Please check that out on the channel. And for these nine brothers to connect, have excited themselves on this show, We will never see nine nice niggas. Let me slow that down if so I can see the voice. Watch. You will never see a group again, my niggas. I'm sorry. Of nine nice niggas. Do you know how hard it is to find Two nice niggas, you grab seven more niggas, and you put them together. Riz, I got to shout, I got to shout you out, Rizzo, for your mastermind. You know, for all the talking about who won last night and everything, brother, you won. Period of hip hop, period. I don't even care what happened last night. With you. You, what you did for the culture and bringing these niggas together, and Watson spoke about I Am Man, Supreme Clientele. Well, that's the 2000 part so all the albums in the nineties, Old oh, Dirty Bastard. Um, album just album like that one they had. it was one. listen watch we always talk about runs and errors right shout out to the G unit era man but I'm gonna be real man I don't think G unit era was that much bigger than the Wu-Tang clan era the Wu era was fucking crazy I know niggas that was not born in New York City excuse me in Staten Island that was born in Brooklyn and would say they from Staten Island I know niggas Go to Park Hill and want to go around them blocks just to see if they can see the Wu. When Wu Tang Clan was on Rap City, I had to get uh, me and Watson was the niggas that had to go grab them VCR tapes from the store and take them shit to watch that shit after they was on. I ain't gonna talk too much Watson. I got Wu Tang Clan at number two, and Wu Tang Five is a fucking classic, man. That's the wild thing about it is when they formed back together '97, four years later, Watson. You can make the argument that Wu-Tang ever was better than Enter the 36, man. I got Wu-Tang Clan at number two, man.
1: Okay. So, as you can see, our top five, they're all just iconic, iconic MCs. So, my number one MC mm. was introduced to Here we me go from EPMD. And my mm. introduction... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on. Hit me with it him I think I know he's going already. You ain't say his name yet. My
1: my introduction to this MC was through a group called EPMD. Mm. And when I first heard him, I didn't know who he was. All I heard was, I got it going on. Since I'm up next to Flex, you can bet I drop heavy. So girls grab your cortex So when I heard mm. him, I said, what's a what? What is this? Reggie Noble. R. E. C. from Doctor Spot. You talked about him earlier. But now I'm going to talk about him.
0: Talk about. I'm going to
1: talk about him in the way Eminem talked about him when he talked to Crooked Eye. Mm. Redman was the everything MC to if you if you just wanted to rhyme, if you just wanted to just just rhyme with no complications to the rhyme. It's just be nice. You know what I'm saying? That's what Redman was. Just an MC who got busy on the mic. You know you can talk about his. Absolute five-mic verse on Headbangers. Mm. You can talk about his mm. absolute five-mic song, Tonight's the Night. You mm. talked about his song, Can't Wait. You could talk about his five-mic collaboration song with Hurricane G.
0: We won mm. we New York, York. with the
1: carousel sample. I love that joint. Nice. You can talk about his multi-platinum single with another MC that's on my list, Redman on How High, on the original, mm. He Got It, Mob D. You can yes. talk about him being on the Death Squad album. You said something earlier. Redman put three albums in a row, just like Marv Deep That was difficult, and he was doing it in two year intervals: ninety two, ninety four, ninety six. Did the Death Squad album in ninety seven. Then did his then did Dox the Name album that he has a
0: very highly slept
1: on collaboration with Busta Rhymes that I think is Thanks. fire that nobody talks about. And then to really, to really. Out oh, the entire decade of the 90s, the RZA and Eric Sherman produced an album together called Blackout, which is a four and a half, but a five mic personal classic to me. And that was in 1999. So literally from the beginning of the decade, every single year, Red Man was putting out music that was absolutely everything Biggie Jay-Z Nas was. And he was putting out his music first. His his album came out before Snoop. It came out before Biggie. It came out before Jay. It came out before Nas. He already had what his album? Reggie Noble Funk, Doctor Spot. The same guy that Eminem told. That Eminem told. When I heard Muddy Waters, I said that's it. And he made it clear I was I was listening to Biggie and Jay. And then Muddy Waters came out, and I said that's it. That's it. Redman is the best. That's I understand that thought process because that's my thought process. You one of the MCs you talked about earlier was K-Solo. Well, guess what? Redman <clears throat> has a collaboration song with K-Solo. Five Mike
0: song. Five, Mike song. Five Mike song. Five Mike song. Five Mike
1: song. He has this, uh, absolutely. So to me, my number one out, my number one artist of the decade of the nineties <clears throat> was Reggie Noble from Doctor Spot. So you could tell I was not going on sales. I was not going on commercial. I was not going on who's the most popular. I went strictly off the MC and how he affected the entire decade of the '90s. And without a doubt, it is Red Man.
0: Mm. Word. go well put, my G, for real. At number one for me, man. Listen, man. The wild shit about this y'all is. I got to interview somebody yesterday that I didn't think I'd ever interview. I've been able to, fortunate enough to interview a lot of rappers in the last um, six years that I've been doing PSA Hip Hop, and when I got a call from somebody, they told me, yo, fam, we want to have you interview a certain somebody, and when they threw the name at me, it was just like a state of shock. It was like, wow, I get to really interview this person? My brother Watson always reminds me to tell me, Oh three, this nigga is the best hip hop producer of all time. In fact, backstory when I spoke to Watson yesterday and I told him I'm gonna have havoc on. He was like, Oh three, you gotta let him know he's the best hip hop producer of all time. I'm like, brother, I know we're on the same thing. I got you, my son. I got you. You feel me? Um wow man, Mom Teep, man, what can I say? I got number I got mom Teep at number one. And like I said, by 1993, I was not listening to juvenile hell. I'll be lying to y'all saying that I did. I was on my number two list, which is the Wu-Tang Clan type tip and the Midnight Marauders and Snoop and all that other stuff. Neither here nor there. But Watson could attest to me everything I'm about to say, man. When we first heard Shook Ones Part Two, we ain't talking about Shook Ones Part One. Me and me and Watson we played it 'cause it was out. We forced to. it. It's hip hop. We copped it. We had a single. You know the vibe what when me this nigga heard part two, man, it's over. Over. And then you cop the tape, man, the infamous. I could, not I, I already, I have to ask Watson how many times, you know, back in the day, me and Watson, we would break tapes or lose tapes, but we'd, we'd go back to the store to cop them shits ASAP, Rocky, my niggas. Like, my infamous tape, whether it popped in a fucking cassette tape, I was going to the store to cop that shit the next fucking day, and we was mad as hell. All right, This man just came on the show and talked about the 25th anniversary of the Mom Deep Infamous album. That's another album me and Watson revisited also. A lot of a lot of projects we're talking about is on this fucking channel that we spoke about, man. We revisited the whole fucking album. 58 minutes, first of all. Let's be clear on that. This is a Five Might album. Another backstory. Me and Watson on the old channel, we did a Mob Deep appreciation, right? This is not... You know, I, I, I I'm shybar again. Y'all think, that it's funny when niggas be coming at me saying, yo, three and Watson, yeah, I hate Cassidy, but not much before Cassidy decided to do battle rap, me and this nigga did appreciation. That's why I thought it out there also. I say that and say this. Two weeks before Prodigy passed away, me and Watson did a mom do appreciation. Just early in the game, working together, and it was like, yo, we're doing appreciation, and it was a no-brainer. How the fuck are we going to do appreciation and not do the mob. You know what I mean? I think that was like the second or third one we did. We did Rain goes first, I believe. That's the first one ever did. Y'all can hear the way we spoke about the mob. And you heard Watson spoke about him when he talked about him a second ago. I cold-signed, I signed everything my brother said, man. And prodigy, I've said this numerous times, so it's not breaking news to none of you niggas if you listen to this show. I love knives. I really do. But at one time, my cousin and I used to have a he's gonna head this a laugh. We used to literally argue about Prodigy and Nile, Like I was hell-bent. on saying, yo, I love this nigga Prodigy. Like, I really love Prodigy. Like, Watson will tell you this. We just talk about this on, off-air also. I wanted HNIC to drop way before it dropped. You know what I mean? You go into hell on earth, so you give us a five-mic album with Infamous, then you go into hell on earth, and that's another five-mic album. My niggas. is It's the same effect Watson said about Redman. How do you have three albums is classic. My nigga, that is not easy to do, especially when I spoke to Havoc yesterday, telling him, yo fam, the level of competition that you guys were going against, and you still giving us, pumping out fire music, my niggas. Murder Music in 1998 is a fucking classic, my niggas. I got Mob deep. I mean, the Dunn language, I love these niggas, man. I I love the continuity between the mob. And like me and Watson said, it's funny. I asked having a question yesterday, but me, this nigga said this way before we talked. I have asked this question. The reason Curtis Jackson, Boo Boo, Fifty Cent signed these niggas was on a strip. Fifty was a fan. My niggas, he had to sign them off. When he the mob came up before Fifty, he signed them niggas on the strip when he was doing this goon shit in Southside Jamaica Queens. That was the the soundtrack of his life, niggas. It was the mob. When you think, you know how many niggas in Miami told me Watson? When they think of New York in the 90s, they think of Mob Deep. I love you, Mob Deep. I got M O B B D E P A C D. Burris something. Queens issue with me. Let's get liberty. I got M-O-B-B at number one, man. Mob Deep, man. Love them niggas. Oh, right, I
1: feel the same way, no I mean, man. There's nothing you said. There's, there's nothing you said about Mob Deep that I do not agree with. Nothing. Like I said, my one to five was just, come on, tomato, man, we, tomato. You know, it was all, tomato, tomato. You know what I'm saying? You can't absolutely. go wrong. Absolutely, it, it, you can't go wrong. Uh, Mob Deep is absolutely.
0: I mean, I
1: I don't even so Havoc potentially is going to do an MC beat battle. Okay. I don't think people understand. Me and Three just said. He has a three-album run that I personally do not believe there's a, a producer that's going to put 20 songs up against that Mazi catalog.
0: I don't Talk think your it shit, could my be nigga. done. Talk your shit. Talk your shit. I
1: don't think it could be done. Like, I see people really out there because I don't think they're really understanding what happened on them three albums. And then, if, he, if for fun... He could go fully loaded clips last, last day. Ugh, and the promise Jesus Christ Just do that on him. And I'm telling you right now, everybody jump out of the Instagram live. So I People really do not understand what's going to happen when you go against that mob deep legacy of the nineties, man. And let's not,
0: it's not about it. It's not y'all niggas. Stop being disrespectful. Saying alchemists would wash havoc. If they went back, if they went out of beef battle, y'all niggas stop that shit. There's no way that I love the Alchemist, but he's not. Why? I don't even the Alchemist beating havoc. No, this. Listen, Al. I apologize, brother. I don't have you beating on havoc on back to back, going on joint for joints. I just don't. I don't. Yo, my nigga. What shook ones and Survival of the Fittest drops. Where's Alchemist going? Nowhere. He's going
1: nowhere. He, he, he can't compete with it. What is Alchemist <laughs> going to Take your best work? But Mob D Boy won't happen. I'm telling you right now, I can't wait to see who goes against Havoc, man. Because when we do that show and we put down our Havoc beats, this is gonna get ugly. <laughs> this is going to get ugly for whoever's got the because it ain't gonna be prepared. It ain't gonna be Dre, it ain't gonna be Timber, it ain't gonna be one of them P Rock really gonna try to Oh man, I don't want it to be P Rock, man. That's the one that that'll be well, a problem. Well, hold on. P-Rock.
0: Cook and I Cook and I said on Twitter today that he hollered at Daz Dillinger and Daz Dillinger wants to come outside. That was a tweet from Crooked Eye on Twitter right well, now. My,
1: I, I pray to the hip-hop gods that is Daz Dillinger. <laughs> I pray to the hip-hop gods. That's what I do. That's the one I want. I want that so badly.
0: So you want Havoc. All right, so hold on. Let's, let's take our time. You want Havoc and Daz to have a beat battle. Absolutely, and the reason why
1: is because Oh, you're trying to bring make back the Source sense. Awards This nigga's trying to bring Here's back to the Source Awards This is makes the most sense, sense. <laughs> you got to have people from the same era Battling you got to uh, have right. people from the same era That's why this ain't no, You have to give me a 90s producer Who was prolific in the 90s Daz Dillinger was one of them So, so put him against Havoc
0: uh, listen, man. Y'all gonna say I'm I biased? His, you know I'm not being biased when I say this, man. Let's talk hip hop, man. I don't have that you No, know, have it, fam. I don't. Uh, but a lot. I of, thing, but a lot. But a lot of people will. A lot of right, people right. will. I respect that. I respect it. I respect and, it. And and a lot it. of people will.
1: And and to me, the Ma Deep catalog, just like the Wu Tang legacy, was, was tested, and people came to the realization: Wow. I guess you really can't watch <laughs> Dariza. You can't watch. <laughs> you cannot watch havoc when havoc plays no. his catalog, and and ca- and his catalog goes into the nineties. People forget he got American Nightmare joints. He got Win or Lose. He got. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> he goes into the two thousand man clear. So this, you know, what I'm saying he he throw the cardboard, play the illus on him. Be like what? Yeah. Like say he word. doing, if Words for real. Somebody. To go the Illus route. Like he could go into the into the weeds of it if he do a New York dude. So that's Uh-oh. just you know, I, I really hope that it's H O V O C man, because to me it's time for Habit to get his flowers. It's time. All
0: right. That's what it is, man. Watch well, take us home, my
1: PSA Hip Hop, the home of the nineties, the definitive mm. well, let me just say this. PSA Hip Hop, the home of of the top 50 90s list.
0: And this was not easy, y'all. Me and this nigga for the last couple of days been racking our brains going back and forth. Y'all think this should is easy because y'all gonna say, this person should have been this way and you might be right. But this is hard. It's not easy if you think it is, man. Trying to come up 50 niggas and trying to get up in a, in a chronological order like me and this nigga trying to do that shit is not hard. But, you know, I hope y'all like it. We took our time with it. I, you know what I mean? It is what it is, man. fuck with your boys, PSA Hip Hop, Match your boy Three and Watch, man. Y'all know the vibes. One.